I haven't really woken up oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. We're going to be learning the second piece in Chidush Rabbeinu Chaim HaLevi in Hilchos Ishus. This is Perak Bey's Halacha Test Zion. This piece analyzes the Halacha that having pubic hairs is a sign that someone is now a gadol, they're an adult in halacha. The first piece in Hilchus Ishus dealt with the sign of giving birth, which for a woman is a sign that she's a gedola, that she's an adult. So this piece is related, that it discusses another one of the signs, which are the pubic hairs. The Rambam says, The two hairs which are a symbol of maturity, and in other areas of halacha, which we will see some of those instances, the shiur, the minimum measurement of the hair, it can't be some minuscule tiny thing, it has to have a minimum amount, and that is in order to be able to bend the top of it into the root of it. So if you can bend it in half into itself, then that's the minimum length and it's considered a valid hair. Now, when it's large enough that you're able to cut it with the scissors up until the time when you're able to bend it into itself. So very clearly in the Rambam, bending the hair is a larger measurement than being able to cut it with scissors. So during that period, we are always stringent. We don't say that this is nothing, that we can't consider it a hair at all, but we always are stringent in any decision. So if we're dealing with a child, we would consider them an adult in a case of stringency. Since it's long enough to be cut by a scissors. But we would also consider them children if that was the stringency. Since it didn't get to the point where you could bend it into itself. So the Rambam ruled that the hair has to have a minimum measurement, which is once it can be bent into it into itself, that's when we consider it certainly a valid hair. But from the moment when it's long enough that it could be cut using a scissors up until it's long enough to be bent into itself, during that time, we are always stringent in both directions. So if it's going to be a stringency for this person to be an adult, we would do that. And if it's a stringency for them to be a child, then we would do that. Now, the source for this halacha is in Nida and Daf Nun Beis. There's a machlokas, a three-way debate in the Mishnah there as to how long hairs have to be with regard to Apara, to the red cow. With regard to Nigaim, the leprosy Tzara'as that the Torah talks about. And Veha'amuros Bechomakom, and the hairs that we talk about all over Halacha. So Rabbi Shmuel holds that it's Kdeilokuf Roshan Likaran, it's in order to bend it into itself, to bend the top of the hair 
into the root. Rebbe Eliezer, Omer Kedei Likrotz B'Tziporen. Rebbe Eliezer says the measurement is to be able to put your fingernail to fit your fingernail under the hair. And Rabbi Akiva says the third position, that it's long enough that it can be cut with a pair of scissors. So the Gemara over there quotes Rav Chista said in the name of Mar Ukva that we follow all of these positions to be stringent. That is the halacha, and that's where the Rambam got his psak. Now it's very clear in the Rambam that he holds that the longest of these measurements is the bending the hair into itself, and the shortest is the cutting with the scissors, and that's why he says that we are stringent all the way from the shortest measurement, the scissors, all the way to the bending, the longest one. This is uh, not entirely clear. The Mishnah Lamelech has a long discussion there. Uh, he quotes the Tosus Yom Tov and the Marshal that Rashi maybe has a different order and a different understanding of which ones are longer and which ones are shorter. But uh, that's the Ramam's understanding, and that's where he got his halacha from, that we are always stringent from the shortest to the longest. But Reb Chaim quotes from the Tosos Yom Tov a question here, which is, there are not two positions, but three. There's not just a short and a long, there's a short, a medium, and a long. And the Gemara said that the halacha is like all three positions in order to be stringent. So that implies that even the medium position, the middle measurement, is going to have some chumrah in some situation. And it's not clear what that would be. When would you be machmir more than the shortest or the longest? And furthermore, the Rambam totally omits any mention of the middle position. So if there is a chumrah, some stringency that stems from the middle position, why did the Rambam totally omit any mention of the middle position, which is likrotz b'tziporen, to put your fingernail under the hair? So to answer this question and to explain the role of the middle position, Reb Chaim goes to a Rambam in Hilchus Para, which is dealing with the laws of the red cow. If it has two hairs in it, which are not red, that would invalidate this para duma. So the Rambam brings that halacha, that if there's two white or black hairs, it's puzzle. And then he says, what happens if only half of the hair is black or white? So let's say the root is red and the top of it is black or the root is black and the top of it is red. So the Rambam paskins that everything follows the root of it. And if the root is red and the top of it is black, you can cut off with scissors the top, the black part, and it's going to be kosher. And here the Rambam says, If you're cutting off the black part, you have to leave enough of the red hair, the root, so that it should be long enough to be cut with scissors. Because any hair which is too short to be cut by scissors is as if it doesn't exist halachically. It's not long enough to be considered a hair. So based on this logic, if you have two hairs which are white or black, uh, which you generally would passel this cow, but if they're if they're not long enough to be cut with a hair, this would be kosher. So in these halachas of para, the only criteria the Rambam gives is that it has to be long enough to be able to be cut with a scissors. And uh, the Reb Chaim quotes, the Kesef Mishnah already asks that this contradicts the Rambam that we have here in Hilchus Ishus, because in Ishus, the Rambam said, we're machmir both ways, that we have to be stringent if the hair is not at least long enough to be bent into itself. So uh, if so, why in Hilchus Para is the Rambam giving a leniency that 
as long as the hair measures long enough that you could cut it with scissors, it's kosher. What happened to the stringency that it has to be as long, long enough that it could be bent into itself? Here the Rambam accepts a kula based on the shortest measurement, which is the cutting of the hair. So Reb Chaim says an answer to this question of the Kesef Mishnah, that there's a distinction between how the halacha formulates the need for the hair. If the halacha of the seyar is that we need to have a hair, like in the case of to prove that someone's a guttle, so there there's a, a shear because this hair is necessary for the halacha and it has to have a minimum measurement, otherwise it's not considered a hair. But when we're dealing with the case of the paraduma that has a hair which is half black and half red and the red is at the root, we don't need that hair to be there. We're just trying to evaluate, is that hair considered a black hair or a red hair? And if the root of it is red, then we consider it a red. So we're trimming off the black part. So the shear of that hair, the redness of it is not important because it's not intrinsic to the hair itself. We just need to make sure that this hair is not black, it's red. And that can be done even with the minimum shear the smallest measurement that we have. So long as you have that measurement, so it's clear that this is not a black hair, it's now a red hair. And once there's a red hair, it it doesn't invalidate the rest of the para. So that would be kosher. But when we're dealing with cases like proving that this child has become an adult, so you need an active hair, it's inherent and intrinsic to that hair that it has to be the proper measurement. And there we can't be lenient to take the smallest measurement, but we always have to take the largest one. So the principle, according to Rab Chaim, the Rambam's distinction is if we're dealing with a halacha, where the hair is necessary for this halacha, then in that case there has to be a measurement and we're always stringent. So we always have to take whatever's going to be the more stringent approach, whether it's the smallest shear or the largest shear. But when we're dealing with a case where we don't need a hair to actually be here, we just need to evaluate what this hair is, like the case of the half black and half red hair on the paraduma. So there we can take the smallest measurement because our only question is how to evaluate this hair. And that's based on what the smallest measurement of hair in halacha is going to be. So that's why when the hair is half red and half black, we trim off the black part. Now it no longer combines with the red hair. And so long as the red hair meets the minimum measurement that we find in all of halacha, which is enough that a scissors can cut it, it's sufficient to consider this a red hair now, and it won't invalidate the paraduma. So this is Rab Chaim's solution to the Kesef Mishnah's question in Helchus Para. In the next paragraph, this is in the fourth paragraph of this piece, uh, Rab Chaim has a term that he uses to describe this distinction, and I think it's a useful way to understand it. He says that there's something called Din Shior Seyar, which is the halacha of how long the hair has to be, what the measurement of the hair is. That's the general question of how long a hair has to be, and we're always machmir. And then there's something else he calls a din chalos shame seyar, the din of how you make something into a hair in halacha, which is a separate issue. That's uh, where we can take even the smallest shear, we can take whatever measurement 
anywhere in halacha where this measurement is considered a hair, no matter how small it is, that would be sufficient for the din halos shame seyar, to create the name of a hair in this case. So this is Reb Chaim's solution to the question in Halchus Para. Now, bringing it back to our situation here, where we, the Rambam is saying we're machmir in all cases. We take the smallest or the biggest, whatever is going to be the bigger chumrah. So Reb Chaim points out that his approach only works according to the final halacha in the Gemara, that all of them are correct. The halacha follows all three positions and we're machmer in all cases, then we could say that in a case of the half black, half red hair, it's a kula, because you can actually apply the smallest measurement there, because they're all correct. But each Tana himself would have disagreed with that halacha. So if we would have asked Rabbi Ishmael and Rabbi Eliezer, who have a bigger shiurim than Rabbi Akiva, what the shiur, minimum shiur for this red hair, the rooted red hair is, they would have said that it's consistent. It has to be whatever the regular length of a hair in halacha is. So Rabbi Shmuel would have said it has to be able to bend. Rabbi Eliezer would have said you have to be able to put your fingernail under there. The tanoim themselves were consistent across the board. It's only lehalacha that we say they're all three correct. We follow all of them lechumra. So then we can apply the smallest shear in that case of the red hair that uh, is black at the end of it. So that's why in the Mishnah that we quoted in Nida, it acts as if para is the same as all the other cases because within the shita of each tana, it is consistent. Everything is going to be consistently the same measurement. It's only lahalacha that the Rambam differentiates between this notion of what sh- uh, the shear, what measurement we actually need versus what measurement creates a hair in halacha. Now, Reb Chaim adds to this whole discussion and he points out that what does it mean the halacha follows all three of them? Is that a din vadai, that they are all certainly correct and we're machmir for all of them? Or is it a suffix? We don't know who's right, so we just follow the chumrah. So Reb Chaim says that his whole approach in the Rambam is only going to work if we say that it's a din vadai, that all three positions are certainly vadai correct and all of them apply in a case where they create the Chumrah, then we could say that the fundamental shear to make something into a hair, the what we called the Chalos Shem Seyar, that it gives it a, it creates the name of the hair, that is always going to be the smallest. Again, this is different from a case where we inherently need a hair, where the Rambam already said that we're always stringent. We follow every stringency. But in the case where we don't need a hair, we're just evaluating what is a hair in halacha, so there we would follow the most lenient position because it's certainly the correct halacha. The halacha is vadai like all three of these positions. But if you would say that it's only a suffix, that we don't know who the halacha is, so we're just machmir like all of them, then Reb Chaim's approach won't work. Because if we're machmir like all of them, misafik, then we can't be mekel uh, like the smallest shear in any case, because there's still a suffix. Maybe that position, that kula is not correct. So we can't say that that is the halos shame seyar. That is what creates the name of a hair in halacha. We would have to be consistent. We would have to always be cautious and always misafik, be stringent. So the fact that the Rambam, the way Reb Chaim reads him, says that the to create a hair in halacha is the most lenient position, 
must mean that the Rambam read that Gemara as saying that Vadai, it's certainly that we follow all three positions. It's not a suffix. And in fact, Rab Chaim says that he thinks there's a raya from the Rambam in Hilchus Tumas Tzara'as, in the laws of Tzara'as, which is our third case where the, sh- the measurement of hairs applies. Uh, this is in Perak Ches Halacha Hein Halacha Vav. The Rambam there is talking about the halachas of how we evaluate whether this is truly tsaras. So if there's yellow hairs, that's going to make it tsaras, and if there's black hairs, then that's going to revert it to just some sort of skin rash, but it's not going to be tsaras. But the Ramam differentiates between the measurement of these hairs, and he says that the two yellow hairs and they have to be long enough that they can be cut by a scissor. So that's the shortest measurement. But the black hairs, in order for them to save this from being this rash from becoming tsaras, they have to be the longest measurement in order to bend them into themselves. So the Ramam differentiates between the length of the yellow, the bad ones, and the black ones, which save it from being tsaras. The yellow ones have to be the smallest measurement, and the black ones have to be the largest. Says Rab Chaim, if this halacha, that we always are stringent, is only because it's a suffix. We don't know which one is right, so we err on the side of caution. So then how can you differentiate between the black ones and the yellow ones? Whatever the length the yellow ones are, then the black ones should be the same. If the yellow ones are the smallest measurement and the black ones are also the smallest measurement, then either they're both, both groups are hairs or they're not hairs. But you can't differentiate and say that in this case, one of them is a hair and one of them is not a hair. And if the yellow ones are the longest one. If you're struggling with alcohol or drugs, Recovery Centers of America can help. The holidays are over. The new year is here. And the time to act is now. Expert private care at Recovery Centers of America will get you on the road to recovery today. At our award-winning and fully accredited treatment centers on the Eastern Shore and in Southern Maryland, you will be treated with compassion, dignity, and respect by our dedicated team of professionals. You will also benefit from specialized programs, 24-hour medical care, and the comfort of our outstanding facilities. Let us help you. We will answer your call 24-7 and can get you into treatment as soon as today. If outpatient care is right for you, you can receive a same-day assessment and attend therapy in person or virtually. And because we accept most private insurance plans, you get premium care without the premium price. Don't wait. Start your new year. Start your new life today. Call 1-888-RECOVERY now. That's 1-888-RECOVERY. And then you could require the black hairs to be the longest measurement. But says Rab Chaim, if it's a suffix, then it's hard to see how you could differentiate between the black and the yellow in this case. So it must be that the Rambam understood that it's not a suffix, it's a vadai. It's not just erring on the side of caution. That's the actual halacha. The halacha is that all three positions are correct, and we apply them in every case in the way which is going to be the chumrah. This is all the vadai halacha. And that's why we're able to differentiate between the black and the yellow hairs, because we're not comparing them to each other. It's not relative to each other that we evaluate them, but each one has its own halacha. That is 
the tradition that we have, the halach and the Moshe Misinai, that the black ones have to be long enough that they can be bent, and the yellow ones only have to be the smaller measurement that they can be cut with a scissor. So this Rambam in Hilchos Tumas Saras would again prove Rab Chaim's thesis that the Rambam holds that the halacha that we are machmir for all three positions is a vadai, not a safek. And bringing it back, that would explain Rab Chaim's approach to the Rambam in Hilchos Para, who says that you can use the most lenient measurement for that case of the red-rooted hair with a black ending. But, says Rab Chaim, as is his way, that there is a problem over here, because this all makes sense in the Rambam and Hilchus Para, the Rambam and Hilchus Tumas Saras. But coming back to our Rambam that we are dealing with in Hilchus Ishus, it's evident that the Rambam holds that it's not a vadai, that we're machmir, but it's a suffix. We don't know which position to follow, and so we're machmer to err on the side of caution. And the reason is because the Rambam explicitly paskin, in the, in the Rambam we began with, that if you have a kid who has two hairs, which are long enough to be cut by scissors, but not long enough to bend, so it's in that middle position, it's a suffix, and we treat them like they're an adult if it's a chumrah, and we treat them like they're a child if that's going to be the chumrah. We're always a machmer, whichever one is going to be more stringent. Says Rab Chaim, you cannot be both an adult and a child at the same time. This person is either an adult or they're a child. They have to choose, either or. So the fact that the Rambam says that we treat them with the chumras of either childhood or adulthood must mean that this is a suffix. It cannot be that it's a vadai because then you can't apply it, both of them, to the same person. You couldn't say that this person is both an adult and a child vadai. So it must be, if the Rambam is saying that we're not sure if they're an adult or a child, that it's a suffix. So this then is problematic. The Rambam seems to contradict himself from Hilchus Ishus to the other two cases. Says Rab Chaim that there's actually another problem in the Rambam and Hilchus Tumas Tsaras, because the Rambam there says that a white hair, which would make it Tsaras, uh, would create saras even if it's only long enough to be cut by scissors, so even with the smallest measurement. But Reb Chaim points out that even though that sounds like a chumrah, that we would make it saras even with a shorter hair, but it could also be a kula. There are times when that's going to prevent it from being saras, and that is what happens if the white hair came before the skin discoloration. So in that case, it actually prevents it from being tsaras, and that could be a kula. Imagine you had a white hair, which was only long enough to be cut by scissors. It was not long enough to bend. And then came the skin discoloration. So that, according to the Rambam, would prevent tsaras, even though it's the smaller measurement. And in that case, we're applying the smaller measurement as a kula. So says Rab Chaim, why didn't the Rambam differentiate between a white hair which came before the Baharis, the discoloration, versus the one which came after, that only in the one after do we apply the smallest measurement because it's a Chumrah. Why didn't the Rambam explicitly point out that when it's a Kula, we don't apply it? So Reb Chaim says there's a distinction between the case of whether someone's a gadol, whether this boy or girl is now an adult, versus the case of tsaras. And 
It's true. In Saras, we are always consistent. We always follow the smallest shear, even when it's going to be a kula, even when it's going to prevent this from becoming Saras. But when it comes to the case of adulthood and godless, then we follow only when it's going to be a chumrah. So the, the, this person would either be a gadol or a cotton, depending on what's going to be a chumrah. Says Rab Chaim, what's the difference? Because when it comes to tsaras, it's very clear what's the chumrah. Having tsaras is, is a chumrah. Not having tsaras is a kula. So therefore, we're able to apply the chumrah of the shiurim, the smallest shiur, which is being able to cut with the scissors, to the case of tsaras, because we apply it in a way which creates tsaras. So the smallest measurement is cutting with a scissors in order to create tsaras. That would be a chumrah if we consider that the measurement for the white hair. So we apply it. Once we apply that halacha, then we keep it consistent. We don't say that if it creates a kula, we're going to change it. No matter what, once we've said this is considered a white hair with regard to hilchos tsaras, it's always considered a white hair, whether or not it then creates a kula afterwards. But that's only when it comes to tsaras. When it comes to evaluating whether someone is an adult or not, it's not clear which is the kula, which is the chumrah. It's not that being an adult is a chumrah or being a child is a chumrah. Sometimes it's a chumrah to be a child. Sometimes it's a chumrah to be an adult. It's not crystal clear what is considered the chumrah and what is not considered the chumrah. It depends on each circumstance. So in that situation, says the Rambam, we cannot consistently apply which measurement to use because we always have to go lechumrah. So each situation, we'd have to evaluate what is going to be the chumrah in this case of halacha and apply the measurements of the hairs in that situation in the way which will create a chumrah. So that's the fundamental difference between sara'as and the case of godlus, because tsara'as, we can apply it consistently, creating tsara'as is the chumrah, and we only use the smallest shear. That is the chumrah. Even though the Gemara said we always go the chumrah, that is the chumrah, even when it leads to akula. But in the case of godlus, in order to fulfill the Gemara's criteria, that we always go the chumrah, we have to check each case of halacha and apply it in a way which will create a chumrah. So according to this approach now, says Rab Chaim, that again it becomes evident that the Rambam holds that this halacha, that we always go l'chumrah, is a vadai, it's not a suffix, because if it's a suffix, then you couldn't apply it in a case where it's a kula. You can't say we're going to apply it in sara'as to be machmir, but if it's a kula, then that's okay. You'd have to always be machmir, even if it's inconsistent within Hilchos Tzaras. The fact that the Rambam says that within Hilchos Tzaras, we're always consistent, and we always follow, follow the smaller measurement, because that's broadly considered a chumrah in Hilchos Tzaras, must mean that the Rambam held that the halacha k'divrei kulan l'hachmir, when the Gemara said we always go l'chumrah, it meant it as a vadai, all three are certainly correct, and we follow all of them l'chumra. And therefore, if you're machmir in hilchos saras and it creates a kula, that's okay, because we're being consistent, and that is what it means l'chumra. So this Rambam in hilchos saras, which leads to a kula when it comes to hilchos saras, but is actually stems from the fact that we apply the shiurim l'chumra, is another proof to Rab Chaim's idea that 
the halacha is like all of them as a vadai, not as a suffix. And it's only in the issue we're dealing with here in Hilchus Ishus, when it comes to evaluating who's a gadol, that's the only time that we apply it inconsistently, not because it's a suffix, but because there is no clear case which is a chumrah or a kula. So when, when it's not clear cut, what's the chumrah, then we have to apply it inconsistently. But still, that is not a reflection of this being a suffix. But in truth, it's a vadai that we follow all three positions. So having established this thesis, Rab Chaim now comes back to his original question, which was, what happened to the middle position? What difference does the middle position make if we're always going to be machmer, either for the smallest or the largest? And why did the Rambam omit the middle position? So now Rab Chaim answers that if the pshat was that this is a suffix, we don't know what the halacha is, then we would say when the Gemara says we're machmer for all of them, it meant for all three positions. Whichever one is going to create a chumrah, we have to follow that in any given situation. But since Reb Chaim proved that we're talking about a din vadai, the Gemara means to say that they're all absolutely correct. And the meaning of that, according to Reb Chaim, is that when it comes to evaluating what is the minimum length of a hair in halacha, we follow the smallest position, the shortest measurement, the cutting with the scissors. And when it comes to being machmir for the actual length of a hair which is needed, we follow the longest shear, which is bending it into each other. So it becomes clear that when the Gemara said the halacha is like all of them, it only meant those two. Because there is no nafkamina, there's no difference that the middle position would make. Once something is already long enough to be cut with the scissors, it's already considered a hair in halacha, and it won't help anymore to, once it grows long enough to have the fingernail put under it. That doesn't make a difference. It doesn't add to it. Since this whole discussion is a vadai, that they're all the halacha, once it has that shame sayar, the halacha views this as a hair because it's long enough to be cut with the scissors, it can't become a hair again because it got a little longer and the fingernail goes under it. So according to this reading, which Reb Chaim says is the Rambam's reading, the Gemara must not have been referring to the middle position. It was only referring to the smallest position, and the longest position. Those are the two which make a difference. The smallest one is the one which determines shame sayar, what is a hair in halacha. The longest one is the one which we have to be machmir for in cases which require a measurement of the hair, like to make this person a gadol. But the middle one does not play a role anymore. Again, if it was a suffix, then the middle one would play a role because each position would create its own chumras in whatever case there are. But since we're talking about something more conceptual, not just all the chumras that could possibly flow out of this three-way debate, but we're talking about the distinction between a shame sayar versus the shior, what is considered a hair in halacha versus how long do hairs in some cases need to be, so that's a more fundamental issue that centers on the din vadai, that we certainly follow the machlokas here, whatever's a chumrah. And in that situation, we can only be referring to the longest shear and the smallest shear, not the middle shear. And that's why the Rambam omitted any mention of the middle shear, because in his reading of the Gemara, he held that the Gemara was not paskening like the middle shear. And Rab Chaim ends this piece with a very rare reference to an achron. 
But he quotes that in the Chuvas of the Chasam Sofer, in Arachaim Simen Kufnun Dalid, uh, the Chasam Sofer also discusses this and has the fundamental idea that the Rambam holds that this is a Din Vadai, not a Safek. So in that regard, the Chasam Sofer already has the basic kernel of this idea that Rab Chaim is developing. Uh, but as Rab Chaim points out, there's a lot of differences in the presentation and the Chasam Sofer doesn't go into any of these issues that Rab Chaim is discussing. He just focuses on that idea that it's a Din Vadai. I do believe this is the only reference to the Chasam Sofer in Chidusha Rabbeinu Chaim Halevi. So that's Rabbi Chaim's piece here. Uh, the main conceptual points, the main Lamdisha points that he's making are two. First of all, the distinction between the Shem Seyar versus the Shior Seyar, that there's a measurement that the hair needs in cases where we intrinsically need a hair, which is different than the Shem Seyar, which is what in Halacha is considered a hair, what is that minimum amount, and those function differently. And the second point, which follows from that, is when the Gemara said that we are stringent, for all the three different shiurim of how long hairs need to be, was that because we're not sure, so we err on the side of caution, it's a suffix, or is it a vadai? It's a halacha l'moshim Sinai. There are different halachas which apply different shiurim to them, but that is the way the halacha was written. And if that's the case, then we're only paskining like the longest and the shortest, like Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Akiva, but not like Rabbi Eliezer. And I'll end by noting that the issues Rab Chaim raises in this piece, uh, whether it's a vadai or whether it's a suffix, this halacha lahachmir, and uh, why the Rambam didn't specify that we have to be machmir by Hochus Tumas Tzaras for the smallest shiur. Uh, so these issues earlier, Achronim discussed them, the Mishnah Melech, uh, both in Hochus Tumas Tzaras, Perak Beis Halacha Aleph, and the Hochus Ishus, Perak Beis Halacha Test Zayin, and the Chasim Sofer in Chuvas and Arachaim, Simen Kufnun Dalid, and the Arachlaner on Nida, Dafnun Beis, Amad Beis, they uh, all discuss this and have different points that they make. Now, one historical note which is relevant to Rab Chaim and the Chasim Sofer. Rab Moshe Mordechai Schulzinger, in his Pnine Rabbeinu Hagriz, about Rab Chaim's son, Rab Velvel, quotes a very interesting story that someone once said to Rab Velvel that a passage in Chidush Rabbeinu Chaim Halevi contradicts something that the Chasim Sofer wrote. So Rab Velvel replied that his father was very careful never to say anything which didn't fit in, certainly not something which would have contradicted a svara of the Chasim Sofer. So if there is a passage in the Chasim Sofer which contradicts it, it must be something which was published after his father had died and he never saw it. And sure enough, they checked and this was in one of the books of the Chasim Sofer that was published after Rab Chaim's death. So this is a very interesting tradition which illustrates Rab Chaim's high regard for the Chasim Sofer that he would never contradict him in his Sefer. And the same point is also made by Rav Steinman. He has a book, Ele Batamar, on the Brisker figures, mainly Rab Chaim and his son Rab Velvel. Rav Steinman was a native of Brisk, so he knew them fairly well. And he also notes that Rab Chaim had extremely high regard for the Chasim Sofer. He tells that at first Rab Velvel had a potential shidduch with a girl who was a descendant of the Chasim Sofer. And on page 108, he tells the story that when they came to meet with the young Rab Velvel, 
he was too humble and he didn't speak. He didn't say anything in learning. So the father didn't want the shidduch to happen. So it fell apart. So the next time that there was a shidduch for him, Rab Chaim made sure to tell his son that he better say something in learning. And he said something about Nazir and that one worked out. So Rav Steinman tells on page 64 that he heard from Rab Simcha Zelig, Rab Chaim's very close associate and the Dayan in Brisk, that Rab Chaim was very upset that the first shidduch hadn't worked out because he was excited for his son to marry into the family of the Chassam Sofer. And uh, again, on page 52, Rav Steinman also connects this with the fact that Rav Chaim quotes the Chassam Sofer in our piece, even though he basically doesn't quote other Achronim. So all of this illustrates Rav Chaim's high regard for the Chassam Sofer, and it ties in with why he quotes him in this piece. Vives en Virginia. Si recibiste la vacuna contra COVID-19, sigues estando protegido. Este otoño estaremos poniendo dosis de refuerzo para ayudar a prolongar esa protección. No olvides que el Departamento de Salud de Virginia sigue siendo tu mejor fuente de información sobre el COVID-19. Para saber si puedes recibir la dosis de refuerzo y programar una cita, visita vaccinate.virginia.gov o llama al 877-829-4682. Este es un mensaje del Departamento de Salud de Virginia.